think you looked in Marlon Humphrey's uh, winter hat? I thought I looked pretty good. What did you guys think? It fit. And it was really warm. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We're going to be talking about the Ravens hosting the New York Jets this week, Thursday night football. That's uh, our first Thursday night football this year. Guys, what's up? What's up with the Jets? What is up with the Jets? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so this is an interesting game because if we go back to, you guys remember my take walking into the stadium when we were went to the Houston game, and I said as we were approaching the gates that if the Ravens were to win the game against Houston, then this team's floor for their record in the regular season was 13-3. and three. That was my opinion. And then, of course, we proceeded to roll over the Texans, which only made me double down on that statement. And I was trying to think in my head, what are what are the teams that might be a trap game for the Ravens? And that was around the time when the Jets were, when Sam Darnold was healthy and he was starting to pick things up. And I was looking at this game as a, a huge potential for a trap game, especially because of, you know, the Ravens played in Monday night against the Rams, then on six days rest, played at home against San Francisco, very physical game, a tough opponent in Buffalo. But then the Jets went and gave the Cincinnati Bengals a win on 2019, you know, let let Bengals man off the roof. He got to leave the roof <laughs> of that bar. And they just beat the, the Dolphins by only one point today. And I know the Dolphins have been playing better than when we played them in week one, but the Dolphins are still not very good <laughs> they're still the dolphins exactly and so i don't really know what to make of this team at all like they they seemed like they'd figured something out and then they just went off a cliff so <laughs> well, i tell you one thing i do know about the jets they keep picking up our players pretty much anybody we release or put on waivers they pick up <laughs> i mean benny jackson was the most recent one maurice kennedy was another guy mm. i feel like there's probably more names <laughs> hate to see it of course there was uh CJ Mosley in the in the offseason got that giant contract from the Jets. Yeah, it's a real shame he's not going to play this game. Yeah, you know, that would have been good to let's put it this way. I think, you know, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst would both be having a field day cuz CJ Mosley was never very good at covering <laughs> the tight end, but yeah, it still would have been cool to for the Ravens to match up against uh, a former guy who, you know, he got a lot of criticism while he was here. There were definitely weaknesses in his game, but he was still a very good inside linebacker for this team. We definitely saw his value at the beginning of this season before the Ravens signed Josh Bynes and LJ Fort. I just think that guy, that CJ will always be overshadowed in Baltimore because when you're touted as the replacement to Ray Lewis, like those are pretty darn big shoes to fill. <laughs> Overall, though, I think, you know, the legacy of C.J. Mosley, uh, you know, I still think he's probably the second, maybe third best inside linebacker that the Ravens have had. Obviously, Ray Lewis setting the bar so high that I don't think anybody is ever going to beat that. But uh, C.J. was a very good player in Baltimore while he was here, and I, I think a lot of the fan base realizes that. I had his jersey. I always liked him. So I did, too. I hope he makes the trip and you know, gets to say hi to some of the, the guys and experience another night at the bank, but we'll see. Well, speaking of that, I, uh, I'm i looking up the Jets roster here, guys. I've got a lot more Ravens players, actually, former Ravens players on the Jets. You want me to list them off? Yeah, definitely. All right, we got Alex Lewis, 
I think if you guys recall, I think we, we oh, right. shipped him yeah. there for that. I think it was a seventh round draft pick. Uh, so there's one. Ty Montgomery, if you guys remember him from last year, he was a Raven mm-hmm. for a year. Then we've got Albert McClellan. All right. Another guy, longtime yeah. Raven. Very good special Also on the Jets. Although he's on the uh, IR for the for the Jets, but he is is on their roster. Another guy, <laughs> you guys might recall this guy, Bronson Kafusi. Oh, Kafusi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's... Man, they haven't got a crush man. on the Ravens. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 wild. oh, wow. <laughs> man, we're going even further deep. You guys remember Paul Warlow? Remember him? We had him for like a day until he retired. <laughs> oh, he unretired? That was this offseason, wasn't it? That's correct. He unretired for the Jets. Man. Interesting. I know. Isn't that crazy? Feels bad. <laughs> and we haven't even brought up uh, Kalechi Osemele yet. Well, I mean, he was he was released by the Jets. But yeah, he would have would have counted. Oh, he, he was released. I didn't know that. I knew, I knew he was hurt. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was a whole debacle because he felt like he was getting mistreated. His injury was not being respected the right way. And yeah. Man. It really is a shame. Like, I get that these guys have a limited window to make these contracts. But it's just always a shame just to see these guys leave. And you know that the Ravens really cared about these players and really put them in a, in a really good situation to succeed. But just the way the salary cap is, it's just... Like, I think even with Torrey Smith, like, Bashadi refused yeah. to offer Torrey a contract because he was like, we can't pay you under what we have what you deserve and so it's just kind of like it's like it's like not really anyone's fault it just happens and then you just see these guys go to teams that don't know how to use them and their career just goes downhill like Osemele was a beast when he was here in Baltimore but just was never the same guy in in Oakland or New York right I think he had I think his first year in Oakland was pretty good but yeah, after that, I think it yeah. kind of went downhill. Definitely wasn't to the same level as what he played up here. Right. But when the Ravens let him go, there were a lot of a lot of Ravens fans and, and analysts who were saying that the Ravens extending Yonda over re-signing Osemele was a huge mistake. And that made sense when you thought about if Osemele would have the same type of career that Yonda has had, because he was uh, much younger than Yonda, but... Long term wise, Yonda has outlasted this guy in the league, at least from a consistency standpoint. Assuming Assembly gets another shot somewhere. Hey, maybe the Ravens will pick him up, make him the left guard. <laughs> it could happen. I mean, that we, we got McPhee back. McPhee left on that same off season. Mm, good point. Moving on to the guys who will be playing, lining up against the Ravens on Thursday night. I think to start with the Jets, we got to start with Sam Darnold because at the beginning of the year. You know, he had the injuries. He Was it a ruptured spleen? Was that what he was going through? We got a mono. And I think that that led to some complication with his spleen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was out for a good bit at the beginning of the year after their first game. And the Jets just didn't have a backup quarterback situ- situation there. Like, they were just atrocious. And then Darnold comes back and struggles expectedly, given the injury that he had. But then they had three weeks where, you know, they scored exactly 34 points, albeit their competition in those games were the Giants, Washington, and Oakland. But, you know, still, that seems to be the 
the mark of a team that's hitting their stride, but you know, then they trail off. We talked last week about Allen comparing him to Jackson because they're from the same draft class, whether or not Allen's a hit or miss for the Bills. Darnold is a very, very big question mark. I mean, like, I think we can say, like, right now from that draft class, it looks like Rosen and Mayfield are misses. Jackson and Allen, well, Jackson's definitely a hit. Allen's probably a hit. Darnold, I have no idea. Like, we've seen so little of this guy. I don't think you can make a case either way that's very strong. Uh, I mean, based on at least how I've seen it, I would say Darnold is definitely a miss. I, for Mayfield, Mayfield is still kind of like up in the air because he had a really good rookie season. And, you know, he's played poorly this year, but like has shown some flashes that he maybe could be the same player as last year. So I'd say he's like kind of a maybe. But, uh, you know, one thing about Darnold as well is that, you know, he, he hasn't been put in the same situations as Rosen, but I don't think his situation is that much better. Yeah, I mean, you look at the guys he's throwing to. It's a bunch of journeymen. You got Jamison Crowder, who never really hit in Washington. Demarius Thomas, his best years are behind him. Robbie Anderson is he's a guy with talent, but he's not a guy that really scares you as a top receiver in the league, in my opinion. And then at running back, you've got a guy who was a highly touted free agent going into this offseason, but has been a shell of his former self this year in Le'Veon Bell. So yeah, really not that great of an offensive situation with the players surrounding him. Has Bell really been a shell of himself? I know he's had not as good of a season as you'd hope for a guy of his caliber. I mean, I don't know. Is it just bad blocking? He's averaging 3.2 yards per carry, which is abysmal in my opinion. Oh, no. Agreed. His... um. His catching is a lot better. He has 400 yards on the receiving side of the ball. I mean, those are still below his career averages with Pittsburgh. Fair. I don't know. I guess my point is, like, if he's really as good as he was before the holdout in Pittsburgh and this offense is as bad as it is, I think they would be feeding him the ball a lot more than he's had uh, this season. Yeah, I know some of his best games were when Darnold was out, but we'll see. Yeah, another point to Bell, though, is he's still, you look at his game logs this year, he has not eclipsed 100 yards receiving or rushing this year. Mm. Yeah, I think another thing to know, though, I have not heard very good things from the Jets offensive line this year. I mean, hell, the only guy that I think we know of is Assembly, and he's not even on the team anymore. So definitely keep that in mind when you're trying to compare Le'Veon Bell, because Bell, as we know, had had some very, very good offensive lines in Pittsburgh while he did play here. So, you know, it's a lot tougher when, you know, the guys up front aren't, you know, to the same quality as he's used to. Also, Gase has never liked him. (laughs) What a sad situation. I mean, the first day, that news conference, it's kind of notorious, his bug-eyed look. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of crazy looking guy, and I don't know. We were talking in the notes, like, doesn't seem like the best hire. Yeah, I mean, what an unfortunate image to, to go viral for a guy who's trying to make a first impression in a, for a team. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, it just doesn't seem like it's been a good fit between the two. And yeah, I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> this team has is, is just not been good this year in spite of injuries. I mean, but still... So one area that this team actually has done pretty decently at this year is the the run defense. Now, sometimes it can be that 
teams aren't really rushing because they're having so much <laughs> success against the pass. But the Jets currently, as it stands right now, are giving up the least amount of rushing yards per game if, of any team in the NFL at only 75.3. As we look towards the defense, one thing I wanted to talk about is the third overall pick this year, Wien Williams. He seems to be a non-factor so far. I'm curious to see how he fares in this game. It seems to me like that defense has a few stars on it, but between injuries and and whatnot, they're not playing to the level that you'd hope. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup you bring in, especially as we just talked about with uh, Patrick McCarry not having quite a good as good a game uh, against the Bills as he did against the Rams and the um, the 49ers. Bakari is a rookie, just like Williams is. Bakari's undrafted. Williams was number three overall pick. Uh, you would think if there's a, a game this coaching staff wants to get this guy going, that might be an area that they really try and attack what would be a, at the beginning of the season would have been perceived as a, a key mismatch. So that is something for the Ravens to keep an eye on against this number one rushing defense in the league. So one thing we can talk about going into this game is the past two weeks, Lamar, he's played well, but his passing numbers aren't as good as they've been during the month of November where he was just lights out. I don't know too much about this secondary beyond Jamal Adams, who we've already noticed is not playing, may not be playing this game. He didn't play against Miami. I'll be honest, know nothing about these guys i don't know right yeah i've looked at their uh depth <laughs> i looked at their roster and then i saw oh tremaine johnson i remember him and then i looked at the depth chart he's also an ir yeah so this is a i can't remember the last time we played the jets was the last time we played the jets that game where flacco didn't have a shoulder and we like lost pretty sad in the meadowlands <laughs> i think that was that was like 2016 but like back in the day from like 2009 through 2013 there's a bit of a mini rivalry. The Ravens, this series has been pretty one-sided. The Ravens have won eight games out of the 10 meetings. And there was a brief period where like, there was, we were trying to have a rivalry with the Jets or like at least the media was because it was, you know, the Ravens against Rex Ryan and as fans and, and the players too, like we liked it because, you know, Rex Ryan was trying to play Ravens football and he built the Jets around rushing the football and a hard-nosed defense led by a fan favorite of ours, Bart Scott, back from his days in the Ravens. But it really wasn't a rivalry. I mean, <laughs> the Ravens won all three of their meetings against Rex Ryan. There was a pretty pretty hard-nosed defensive game to start the 2010 season. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I think it was like, it might have even been on Monday Night Football. Yep, I think you're right. In 2010, it was September 13th, Monday Night Football. What a game, 10-9. Do you remember that hit Ray Lewis laid out on Dustin Keller? Oh, yeah. Man, that was that's probably a penalty now in today's NFL. And But that was one of the hardest hits that I'd ever seen Ray put for a guy who made a career out of hard hits. That was insane. And then that game was clinched by a pretty impressive catch by, uh, by Todd Heap. The Ravens were needed to, a key conversion to run out the clock and seal the win and Flacco overthrew Heap, but he Heap laid his body out and made a fingertip catch to get the Ravens in position to to start that year off one and zero. Other than that year though, man, like there's not too many memorable matchups with this 
between these two squads. I mean, you had the end of the 2000 season where Jermaine Lewis had those two return touchdowns. That game was really only memorable because of of the season it happened in. He had an overtime game in 2004, but that was Kyle Bowler versus Quincy Carter. Eh. Fun fact about that game, Ed Reed, the next week, was when he broke the NFL record that he would subsequently break in 2008 for longest interception return, but he should have broken it that week if not for a block in the back on the return by Will Demps. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that on the... Uh, I th- I, they usually play that on a lot of the highlight clips for Ed Reed for the exact same thing. You're you're, <laughs> you're hoping that he gets the interception return, but then he's like at the 30-yard line or something, and you see that block in the back by Demps, and Reed doesn't see it, unfortunately, but I think Billick on the sidelines like, oh my God. It's <laughs> like, why would you do that, Demps? The other uh, big play, also from Ed Reed, Sunday Night Football in 2011, I do remember that one. That was the play that Ed had where he... Uh, blitz off the line and mm-hmm. forced the fumble on Mark Sanchez. Yeah. I was at that game. I do remember that play now that you bring it up. That was a really sloppy game. Box score doesn't show it, but yeah. That was a fun game. I think the interesting thing about this rivalry, if you want to call it that, or just this team's history, is we lost the first game against them in 1997. We lost the most recent game against them, the one you were talking about with Flacco in 2016. And in between, there were eight wins. So we're hoping to see the Ravens get back on the winning side. Be a huge disappointment if they don't. We like to talk about trap games here and there on the pod. I I don't see how this can be a trap game. <laughs> Maybe it's the most quintessential I feel like trap game. Yeah. Right? Because I'm just like, I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, how, how would we lose this game? We would have to really be a special kind of awful but at the same time isn't that like kind of the definition of a trap game it's a game that that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah it's like kind of <laughs> ironic right <laughs> it's like right. i would think the bills game would would have been the trap game and it very well could have been it was you know a very close game but it was coming off a pretty close you know high emotional game from san francisco the week before the bills had extra time because they played on thanksgiving i figured that would have been the trap game because the thing about the Bills, too, is that there are some questions about them. You know, oh, they haven't beat winning teams. But, you know, at the end of the day, they played us pretty close. The score is very close. They did a very good job. I think they showed that they could hang with some of the upper echelon teams if they cleaned some stuff up. So I think that was, like, a ripe opportunity for a trap game. But when I look at the Jets, I just don't see the same type of team. I just see a team that's just has been completely decimated with injuries. We're struggling just to come up with the guys on this roster here. And, you know, when you look at that and we're just kind of like, well, where's the strength of this team? And like, how is it going to match up? Like we do know, yes, they have the number one rushing defense, but we also know the Ravens have beat some of the top five rushing defenses and knocked them down about 10 spots. So like, is it really going to shut down the Ravens if they can just shut down the run? I, I don't know. I, I feel like they've got to have like some other things that they clearly like present some intriguing matchups. And I'm just I'm really struggling to find those other ones. So I don't know. For me, it's just like I feel like that would knock it out for me a trap game. But I don't know. Also, we do talk about that this Jets team currently has a number one rush defense, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to get 65 yards rushing today on only 77 carries against this defense, what's Lamar going to do? Yeah, I don't, (laughs) 
I don't understand that. Action Jackson season. <laughs> and I think part of the reason that we're like, at least for me, like thinking that there has to be a trap game coming up for this team is because we just don't know how to handle a team that's as hot as this team's been. Like even in 2006, and gosh, I'll even throw in the 2014 Orioles into this. Both those teams were having, you know, victory laps in the last month of the season, like like this team's going to have. And it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to make the playoffs. But neither of those teams finished with the number one seed. Not say, I mean, now the Ravens still have to secure the number one seed, even though they are the current front runners. But also with both those teams, like the 2006 Ravens, you knew their weakness was if the game becomes a shootout, Steve McNair is too old and beat up for the Ravens to really trust that that they could win that game. For the 2014 Orioles, you knew that if a team got to the to the starting pitchers, then it probably wasn't going to be a, a win. And with this team, like maybe we're starting to see a weakness with Jackson. You know, the the offense hasn't quite been as explosive. Is that a weakness? The offense wasn't quite as explosive the past two weeks? I don't know. Like, there's not an obvious weakness that teams have been able to consistently exploit with this team since the the calendar turned to October, and we're just not used to a team like that, rooting for that type of team, that is. I think it's a good point, Peter. The key there being we haven't... Teams have not found ways to consistently beat this team. Yes, the Ravens do have weaknesses, notably... You know, their run defense, particularly, you know, on sort of these outside runs with more shiftier backs have kind of gashed the Ravens for significant portions. If you look at the offense, well, okay, now you've had two games in a row where the weather hasn't been optimal conditions. And it's kind of a, seems to have affected Lamar's game. But then again, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we've been able to put up 20 points, 24 points. I mean, that's been enough to win these games. The defense, while hasn't been stellar, I mean, last week against the Bills just came out with six sacks against Josh Allen and, you know, two forced fumbles, you know, and at the bottom line, actually limiting both teams to to 17 points apiece, San Francisco and the Buffalo. So it's like, yes, we've got weaknesses, but like we've, you know, the, the Ravens this year have been a team that, despite all that, has, you know, been able to show that they can come out on top in some of these sort of close games. So I'm having a real hard time believing that the Jets would be able to, like, put all those pieces together in, like, one game and, you know, be able to pull out a win any given Sunday, or in this case, Thursday. But I honestly don't see it. The only thing I will say, you know, that I am worried about, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a trap game, but it's something that I am worried about is just the health of the team you know we're coming off this road win against buffalo four days we're gonna have another home game we just need to make sure that our guys stay healthy and we don't have any serious injuries coming out of this preach that chris i nothing be worse than leaving that game with a key injury that's that's the biggest thing we're back to that kind of uh i don't know we're back to that kind of hope and prayer going into a game it's not about winning it's about not getting injured at this point (laughs) Let's go into the bold predictions and score predictions for this game. We did it again, guys. No correct bold predictions. Chris, in particular, did it again. <laughs> so close. There were two turn like there were two turnover events, so to speak, but only one of them changed the actual possession. Yeah, you know, maybe at the end of the season we'll go through and see. I we've probably talked about this on another episode, but we'll have to go in through and see who got like 
who had like the closest takes or like you know takes that would have been right if i yeah i feel <laughs> i feel like i'm looking at like three of mine at least here on this on the spreadsheet that i'm like oh my god like if one thing changed like i would have had it <laughs> so i had an idea for this actually from another podcast they play prediction poker and the way that works is they put a prediction out there and they say and i'm gonna bet five on that and then we as the other two hosts have the opportunity to say we want to bet above or below that so the idea being that if we think it's a bad take that we don't agree with we just like say no nah, i'm not betting on that like <laughs> that's a bad idea but if it's a take we like we're like oh i'm in on that you can even like raise it so that's an idea i'm all for that i think that's a that's a fun improvement to the the bold predictions game and kind of starts to to uh mitigate the the hole in the game that that we talked about last week yeah okay and the standings are pretty close right now too and but it's kind of an unexciting you know i'm ahead with three although i haven't gotten one right since since week six and both of you guys have two so i feel like that would that would spice up the the competition that doesn't really exist at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's hard to make a bold prediction because we, as we said, how well do we really know this team? My bold prediction is going to be three total touchdowns from the tight end position for the Ravens. Someone's doubling down on uh, Hayden Hurst's season. Is that bold, though? Because we just had two. Yeah, it's bold. Dude, that's bold. That's that's pretty bold. That's bold. It's bold, and I'm curious to see your your bid on that. Um, Yeah, I mean... We saw Boyle and Hurst have a touchdown each against the Bills. Andrew should be healthy, and we throw to the tight ends a lot more than the receivers. I'll put a seven on it. I think it's it's because it's definitely within the realm of possibility. It's just going to depend on are we rushing in the red zone? Do we break a big play? So I'll put seven on it. I'm I'm not going to bid on that. I think I think it's too bold, man. Because yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bid. A big fat zero. I'm gonna just pass on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to beat that bid either. <laughs> I mean, do I think it's a good matchup? Yeah, I could see it. You know, particularly with the Jets suffering from their inside linebacker depth, and uh, and if Jamal Adams doesn't play, I could kind of see it. I, I just don't want to bid any more than what Peter already has, so I'm gonna pass on that. So basically, if that does happen, Peter, you get a huge lead because <laughs> we're just like. Nope. <laughs> Not touching it. We ain't about that. <laughs> For my bold prediction, we talked about Hollywood. Man, he hasn't been getting the same level. I'm going to say he gets two touchdowns this game. And how much you bidding on that? I'm going to give it a four. That's an interesting one because like, I feel with Hollywood, he'd see there, it's either he has a monster game or he disappears. Like There hasn't been a lot of in-between with him this year. And you're playing a team that's got a weaker secondary and we saw how he did against the rams under the lights that's my pick because his name is hollywood and it's under the lights boom <laughs> two touchdowns <laughs> yeah I, I still i still have questions about this guy's health though i mean he looked great against the rams but that was one game out of the past four the other three he basically disappeared so i just don't feel strong enough about his health to to bid on that chris I'd up the ante. I think I think it's a good. I think it's a good prediction. What does that mean? <laughs> how many, how many <laughs> More than four. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like how many? 
Uh, I bid like I bid like five or six. <laughs> you gotta have to pick. <laughs> he picked six. Move on. <laughs> six. Move on. <laughs> I think that's a good one. All right. So for me, you guys are gonna have to decide whether this is bold enough or not. But I kind of like my uh, bold prediction from last week. I think it's still applicable for this week. I'm gonna say two plus turnovers from Sam Darnold. Can I bid ten on that? Yeah, that's the thing. Now that we can all bid on it, it's like I don't care what you bid. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I only want to get in on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I feel like that's a one. You know. So yeah, that, that's kind of the cool thing. Now we don't even discuss if it's bold enough. It's just like they're just predictions. P- prediction poker. All right, why don't we do this? We'll change you to three plus. Now it gets a little bit more interesting. Ooh, that is a lot. All yeah. Right. All right, I'll put uh, I'll put four down on that one. Uh, let's see. What has Darnold's turnovers been the past four games? So he's actually only thrown two picks within the past four games, and that includes the loss to Cincinnati. He's due. He is due. <laughs> <laughs> On a short week as well. Yeah, I'll put I'll put five on it. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna put four as well. Oh wait, I didn't know we could call. I thought we had to up it. Then I then I had to do four. <laughs> Dude, I, right. can, I can't put myself too far behind. I think I, I I might be too bold here with the three tight end <laughs> touchdowns, but I'm gonna stick by it. <laughs> All right, well we'll see how this plays out. We can always tweak the game as uh, we, we continue. I think it's a fun little addition. It makes us all invested on each bold prediction. Moving along into the score predictions. I think it's going to be a really interesting one, guys. We have a lot of bold predictions to put into the consideration here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if we sum everything up, let's see. Okay, so we're going to score five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, three turnovers. So who knows those three turnovers might lead to those five or they might lead to three pick sixes. So, <laughs> so who knows? Here's my prediction, guys. I think the Ravens are going to continue their old schemes. They're going to put it on a show on primetime. I'm saying 38 to 13, Ravens. I love giving the other team 13 for some reason. It's like my thing. Well, except for <laughs> when they're when it's San Francisco and you give them 14. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll get a you'll get a joke touchdown, maybe a field goal or two. I don't know, man. Their offense against our defense that might even be generous. Yeah, and I want to point out actually before we go any further that the Ravens have broken their single season regular season scoring record as of last game so that's that's kind of huge props to them definitely that happened on the uh boil play so i mean the jets have had some bad losses this year but since darnold the games that darnold has played in they've only given up over 30 points once and that was to the patriots so i mean ravens offense this year is actually better than the patriots it feels still feels weird to say even though it's been at least a month since we've realized this. But yeah, I could see this game being a huge blowout, but I'm going to tailor it back a little bit, and I'm going to say 31 to 11 Ravens. 11? Is that a uh, touchdown, extra point, and a field goal? or That's the Jets only get a field goal until the end of the game, and they get a garbage time touchdown and the garbage time two point. Okay. All right. That's good. I, I, yeah. At first, I was like, well, three field goals in the safety. It's kind of weird. Do you can't, Lamar is never going to get tackled for a safety in his career. That's a bold prediction right there. Bold prediction. You heard it right here. <laughs> Timestamp it. Oh, man. We'll check back on this when, he, when Lamar finally retires. Oh, man. 
All right, all right. Yeah, this one's certainly interesting. I'm definitely leaning more toward you guys and kind of a blowout score. My only question is really how many points the Ravens put up. Why don't I do this? I might go 34 to 3. I feel like that might be right. I always say that after your prediction, Chris. I'm like, oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you said that after my fantasy draft, too. And (laughs) look where that got me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your boys have all fallen in our shared league together. Rough week. Rough year. It's because I didn't draft my guy, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> he was sitting in free agency this uh, this week. Didn't help anyone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. I think after all that, it's time to wrap it up. Big game against the Jets for no other reason than to continue the run. Try to go 10-0 and 0 the last 10 weeks. Be pretty remarkable. No, no time for the remarkable jokes, guys. <laughs> I was going to say the other thing we have to look forward to as well, if uh, yeah, Lamar breaking uh, Vic's rushing record. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad he didn't do it against Buffalo because I think they'll they'll say something at the stadium and we'll uh, you know chant MVP or something. It'll definitely happen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's kind of a lock. We should have <laughs> given a bit of bold prediction. <laughs> Ten points. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bold. Everyone's, if everyone's yeah, betting right. 10. Yeah, true, true. All right, guys. Well, if you're coming to the game and would like to say hello, feel free to reach out to us. Feedback at ravensrecap.com or on Twitter, ravens underscore recap. We'll be posting throughout the week in preparation for the game. And we're super excited. Thanks for listening. We're getting a little bit more traction, it seems. So we appreciate all the work you guys are doing to share the show and tell a friend. Keep on doing that. Give us an iTunes review. It's super appreciated, guys. And with that, we'll catch you next week. Um, how, how lit up the stadium be. You know, the fans be going crazy. As soon as we get out there, it's like we warming up, and they just going crazy like the game just started. So it'd be pretty pumped. Primetime games. I enjoy it. MVP.